Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I want you to read a psalm with me uh, this morning because I know that God is going to touch many people here today and God is going to change many people here today, okay? More than ever, we need God to anoint our minds. Not just your spirit, your cop. You go on social media, you see people have lost their minds. A lot of crazy stuff out there. I hope you're not one of those crazies. No, I know you're not, okay? You're here this morning. So let's go. Psalm 23, and we all read together on the count of three. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, let's stop. This is not Monday morning school. So rethink. You said the Lord is my shepherd. Not the Lord is my shepherd. Okay? I'm going to help somebody out this morning. I know what I do. This is my job. It's my calling. Uno, dos, tres. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Stop. Say it again. He restores my soul. Say it again. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yay! Hey! Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with fresh oil. Paul, say it again. You anoint my head with fresh oil. Pause. Put your hand on your head and say it again. You anoint my head with fresh oil. Say it again. You anoint my head with fresh oil. Hallelujah. And then we're not finished yet. My cup runs over. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Come on, hallelujah, giving praise yet today. I don't know what you are facing, but God's gonna get a hold of you today and God's gonna anoint your head with fresh oil. We're gonna deal with your mind today in Jesus' name. Come on, give some love to somebody and take your seats in Jesus' name. Thank you. Our text this morning, Psalm 23, verse 3 and 5. Can I get the piano up just a little bit? He restores my soul. Verse 5 says, You anoint my head with fresh oil. Now listen to me. More than ever, we need God to anoint our minds, our thoughts, our emotions, our will. Thank God for the anointing upon our hearts and upon our spirits. But we need God's fresh oil to be poured out upon our minds. 
because many, many, many people are in a valley today across our land, across our world, a valley of despair, a valley of discouragement. The World Health Organization says that mental illness today is the number one challenge of humanity, more than anything else. People are struggling with the three main things, depression, anxiety, and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. That's not just for people that came back from Vietnam or people that came back from America in Afghanistan. This is for people that go through trauma. Many people have gone through the trauma of COVID and are still struggling with COVID mental fatigue. It's like people have gone on silent resignation, facing the pressure of recovering the losses they experienced. We all walk through a valley sometimes, but we should not forget we are not alone, that God is always there and God will always lead you through your valley and God will always prepare a table for you again in Jesus' Name. The end of your life has not been written. You may be in a bad chapter, but there are still many chapters to be written. So when you find yourself in a valley, the greatest battle you will find, fight is the battle in your mind. The battle nobody sees. You can sleep next to your wife in bed and all hell is breaking loose in your mind. That's why the Bible says, in, in, by patience, possess your mind. Because if you lose it here, you will lose it everywhere else. The territory Satan wants is the territory between your ears. And I'm going to show you a prophet of God that was very anointed, who struggled with emotional issues. We have to deal with it. Because if we don't deal with emotional issues, they become strongholds in our minds that control us and they may end up as mental illnesses. There's a stigma to people that struggle with mental illnesses, but mental illness is very, very real, especially in a land like South Africa where poverty is at an all-time high. Let me just say this, that people that grow up in, 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 in poverty, unfortunately, they are hindered from developing the way other people develop, socially, physically, and also mentally. That's why poverty is our number one enemy in South Africa, amen. Say amen today, come on. So when you find yourself in a valley, obviously you're gonna have thoughts of fear. Your mind will become anxious. Although the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Sometimes that thing just gets a hold on you and you begin to fear and worry. Well, listen, we're gonna break that thing off of you this morning by the power of the Holy Ghost, okay? Thoughts of despondency, discouragement, doubt, self-doubt, unbelief, thoughts of deception, God doesn't really care. If God cared, why did this happen? Why are you going through this or this or that? Thoughts of quitting, thoughts of suicide. The second biggest cause of death in teenagers, suicide. Think about that for a moment. A 13 year old that's hopeless, hasn't even begun to live, but has no hope for the future and hangs himself or kills himself. Thoughts of self-resignation lying down on the inside, making plans about your future that nobody else knows. It's not okay, because God's not finished with you, come on. So the battles we fight in our mind are real. According to the mental health or the World Health Organization, mental diseases or illnesses are the greatest medical challenge of our day. 
especially among the youth of our world. And in Africa, 78% of the population is under the age of 21, by the, by the way. There's been an increase of over 13% rise in mental health conditions and substance abuse, they go together, over the past decade, whether you're popping tablets or popping a cork. Rise among youth especially is dramatic because of social changes, exposure to poverty, abuse and violence. That's why people say, don't talk politics from the pulpit. I'm not talking politics from the pulpit. I'm telling you, you better vote next year and vote for a better South Africa so we can break these challenges over our people. Doesn't help we pray and preach in the church on a Sunday and we do nothing out there. We have to eradicate poverty. We have to deal with the hopelessness and the despair that people are facing on a daily basis. So mental health, listen, shaped by social, environmental and economic conditions a person or young person faces daily affects a person's social state, mental development, cognitive development and behavioural development. So it's very easy if you are somebody that comes from a privileged background to say to somebody that is gripped by poverty, well, just move on and get over it. Since COVID, depression and anxiety has risen 25% among young people, teenagers. Suicides, the number two cause of death among young people. It's like people have just lost their minds. We saw during COVID, right? And I pray to God that since COVID, you've gathered your mind on social media. And what you say and type on your social media platforms are for the glory of God and will draw people closer to Jesus Christ. Otherwise, what are you doing? Thank God we are not hopeless and neither are we helpless. No matter who we are, where we are, what we are facing, there is hope this morning. Come on, TBN, one gospel. There is hope because the Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah. I'm not going to quit because of what life throws my way. So I believe that God wants us to have full restoration in our minds first. Psalm 23, He restores my soul. That word means to return something to a former glorious condition. A place or a position. Second Timothy 1 verse 7, the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, which is what COVID brought and every challenge will bring. The first thing is fear. That's why Jesus always said, fear not. Because when fear comes, you will lose your sanity. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Say this morning, say I have a sound mind to give the Lord a praise. Come on. So we need God to, to pour fresh oil upon our minds. The, 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 the deep, I don't want to say dark recesses of our minds, but the recesses of our minds. We need the oil. <laughs> it's easy to get oil in your spirit. It's another thing to get oil in your mind. We need to get the oil of God in your head, your thinking, your emotions, your feelings. We need to get God to go where no man can go, not even a psychologist, not even a psychiatrist. And we thank God for the psychologist and psychiatrist 
But listen to me very carefully. Sometimes medication buys you time. It's not going to heal you. And I'm going to show you how you will recover while you are on medication. I'm not against medication, but you better claim your soul back. You better claim your territory back. You better get the anointing of God onto your mind again in the name of Jesus Christ and get out of that pit, out of that valley of depression. So I want to talk about Elijah, uh, the great prophet in the Old Testament. Everybody will agree. He's God's anointed, appointed prophet. Elijah's a great man. In a drought, he comes to with the widow of Zarephath and he brings her a word of supernatural provision and God sustains her. He's the man of God for the hour, anointed. That same widow's son dies. Elijah goes back. He revives her. He raises that widow, the son, back to life. He prays and there is a drought. He prays again and the drought breaks. He's God's man. Then the greatest challenge of them all, the prophets of Baal, the famous challenge on Mount Carmel when Elijah challenges the nation and says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. If not, then follow Baal. And we know the challenge that happens on Mount Carmel, how Elijah stands man alone and defies all the odds. He's powerful, he's anointed, he's unafraid. And the prophets of Baal and Asherah, the prophets of Baal are 450 against him. Thank God, one believer in God make a majority, amen. If God is on your side, you are the winner already. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, come on, man, it doesn't matter who's against you. If God is for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter, hallelujah. So 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah gather together. They cut themselves. They cry out to their God. Nothing happens. Elijah repairs the altar of God and he calls the people to come. He says, come near and he prays and God answers by fire. I mean, what a spectacular moment. He's, he prays heaven down, fire down. He kills the prophets of Baal, 850 the next day. He runs for his life to a valley of discouragement. From a high to a low. And I understand that because people go there. Your business was on a high, now it's a low. It's difficult. It, or let me say it's challenging. We eradicate the word difficult, right? You go through a tragedy, a loss a betrayal, a divorce. You go to the doctor for a normal checkup. You walk out and he says, you have stage three cancer. Suddenly you're in a valley. A week before, before COVID, your business was thriving. You couldn't stay ahead. Now since COVID, you are fighting just to pay your bills. And some of you experience losses. Well, listen, God is still a God of recovery. God is still a God of restoration, okay? You better just stay in the race. So, 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 so the Bible talks about Elijah and uses him in the New Testament in James chapter 5. The Bible says, Elijah was a man just like us, with a nature like us and with the same emotions. Because sometimes people think, if I get more anointed, my problems will disappear. No. You will still face those inner demons. You will still face those inner challenges. You will still face adversity. You will still face opposition. You will still face ridicule. You will still face persecution. Things will still come against you, no matter who you are, how anointed you are. You will still face 
that challenge where Satan will try to disrupt your thinking patterns, to destabilize your life. And the longer you allow that, the more difficult for you to return. So let's look at Elijah. And I put these little things on so we can just get a picture where the journey of Elijah and the journey that we go through. Mount Carmel is the place of victory. Mount Carmel is where we are all called to be. That's where the altar is repaired. He's in the presence of God. He's like unconquerable, unstoppable. He is confident. God is with him. Something happens. And he runs. I parked that his eight. Von Ian Wormluck. It's amazing what a negative report can do. It's amazing what happens when somebody says something. It's amazing what happens when your daddy says, we never planned you. How that thing can sit in your mind for the rest of your life. How a teacher said you're not bright. How somebody said something over your life that caused your dreams to be shattered somehow. That's why we don't look to man, amen. We look unto Jesus Christ. But here's the cycle of Elijah. So he's, he's in Mount Carmel and then he runs to a valley discouragement there's not a person in this place that have not had thoughts of discouragement that's why the Bible says finally be strong in the Lord and the power of His might because thoughts of discouragement will come to all of us that's why God says to Joshua be strong and be very courageous He commands him why? because God knows in the journey to possess your promised land you will find reasons to be discouraged and to be dissuaded and he goes to that valley. Think about it. One day, he's the man of God. God is good. Life is great. He's invincible. The next day he runs <laughs> for his life from a woman. Jezebel, okay. She, she was quite a woman, okay. But later on, she just got killed. Because whatever persecutes you, if you will trust God, God will kill that spirit of persecution. God will not abandon you. Amen. I said God will not abandon you. You don't run from persecution. You don't run from opposition. You don't run from the haters and the naysayers. You stay in your place, your position of power and anointing. So he runs here to a valley of discouragement and then yeah, he isolates himself. That's what people do when they go through depression. They isolate themselves. They go sit by themselves. Many, many especially. They go sit in a favorite chair and they start drinking. Now we're going to break that devil off of you today. Can someone, no, don't say amen as a wife. I'm saying we're going to break that thing off of you in Jesus' name, okay? He isolates himself. Listen, you never want to be in a place of isolation. It's a sure sign of depression. He tells his servant, you stay here. For the first time, he isolates himself and he moves on a day's journey and he goes and sits under a juniper tree or a broom tree, which is a place of quitting. We'll talk about that this morning. We're thinking about quitting. And we know how God is gracious. We'll go through the whole journey, how God watches his prophet, doesn't judge his prophet, doesn't abandon his prophet, but he comes to help his prophet, to restore his prophet, to get sanity to return to the mind of the prophet so the prophet could fulfill the purpose of God for his life. Listen, when you lose your sound mind, that's where you are gonna stay. No, you're actually gonna regress if you lose your sound mind. 
So Elijah goes, he sits under a juniper tree, a broom tree, which is a place of quitting, where people think about quitting. They plan about quitting. This is where they resign. They become cynical. They over-exaggerate the problem. God's no longer good. God, I'm the only one. God, you have forsaken me. God, you have failed me. Still alive, but quitting on the inside, wanting to quit. God intervenes. God says, uh, 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 no, no, no. I'm not finished with you. I'm not done with you. Hallelujah. You still have a destiny. You have still places to go. You still have things to do. Come on, I don't care where you are sitting, whether you're in a valley, whether you're under a juniper tree. And, and, and yeah, he, he already had two encounters with God. Okay, I'm running ahead of myself. In the valley, an angel comes to him. He has an encounter with God. While he sits under the juniper tree, the angel comes to him again. And the angel says to him, go to Mount Horeb, which is get back in your relationship with God. Get back to church. Hello, television audience, get back to church. Get back into the presence of Jesus. Get back into the presence of Jesus. Stop your your isolation in front of your television and get yourself back in the house of God. Get yourself back in the fellowship of the saints. Get yourself back under the Word of God. Come on, man, say amen in Jesus' name. So on his way to Mount Horeb, he takes a detour to a cave of depression. You know, a cave is a dark place. A cave is the place people go to develop the dark images in their minds. The cave is the final stage before quitting if there's not something that happens in the cave to shake you out of the cave. Because he started at Mount Carmel and he was restored on Mount Horeb. I'll tell you this this morning, my dear friend. You will not find restoration out of, outside of God's presence. You're not going to recover yourself outside of God's presence. You're not going to find sanity returned to your mind outside of God's presence. You will not find hope returned to your heart outside of God's presence. Come on, say amen. I know, I know when you are wrestling with emotional issues, the last thing you feel like doing is listening to a preacher like me. But I'm an angel sent by God, a messenger to say to you, Get yourself out of the valley. Get yourself out from under the juniper tree. Move on. Get yourself out of the cave and get yourself back into the presence of God. Come on in the name of Jesus Christ. Otherwise you will lose the destiny and the plan that God has for your life. I think many, what COVID has done for many people is they think they can serve God in isolation. You cannot. Isolation leads to deception. Depression isolated Elijah and yet 7,000 other prophets were still active in the nation. He lost his strength because of isolation. You never want to isolate yourself because Satan will take you out. You can spiritualize it. But isolation is not God's plan. God Himself lives in harmony. God Himself lives in a family. And God creates the church for you and me to be a place of fellowship where we can receive the two vital things on the road to recovery. Come on, if you love the church, give the Lord a praise in Jesus' name. So Elijah, after he defeats all the prophets, 1 Kings chapter 9, 
Jezebel sends a message to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, what did he see? He saw what she said. In other words, he, he, her words became his vision. I mean, after he just had his greatest moment, suddenly he sees a word of annihilation. But the day before God was fully in control. But when he heard the word, he received the word, he believed the word and the word became his vision. My business won't make it. We're never going to recover. We're never going to uh, uh, see God restore us. We ne- I'm never going to be happy again. I will never this, 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 this. Because that's what Satan tries to do. He tries to steal your vision. Because when there's no vision, people perish. He comes with a negative report to show you there is no future. I'll tell you there's a future. Because God says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God says, I have a great future for you no matter what you are facing. And when he saw that, not just heard it, he saw it, he ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there, isolated himself. Get your husband back in church. Get your wife back in church. Get yourself back in the house of God. Listen. The Bible calls the church the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. Stop playing church and begin to become the church and realize why the church is necessary for the nourishment of your soul, not only your spirit, but your mind. Amen. And we have a huge television audience and you know, but I have to tell you, you can't be here in Pretoria and watch me on TV this morning because you didn't want to come to church. It's not okay. You're living in isolation. You need to wake up. I say it with all the, you can flip the channel, I don't care. I'm trying to help you. It's like a doctor trying to help you and you say, I'm never coming back to this doctor. Well, the doctor can't just tell you what you you want to hear. He has to tell you what you need to hear. To be whole. So he runs from God's presence, the altar, place of worship, He isolates himself. Then he moves a a day further in his mind because that's what happened when, you know, know, the journey we, we, we undertake is not a physical journey. The physical journey is never the important one. It's the journey we take in our minds. Because no deception starts with, just starts with one thought. It starts with a single thought, then there's a journey. No offense ends with one thought. It starts with a single thought, then it grows. No depression just happens. It starts somewhere. I understand serotonin levels and chemical imbalances. Believe me, I understand a little bit more than many of you think I do. I am very um, faithlistic. There's my English word for today. When it comes to dealing with medical issues, I believe God uses doctors. Uh, Every king in the Old Testament had doctors travel with them. And uh, uh, so we believe God for doctors. But if you can find a Christian doctor, amen. And for those of you that don't believe in doctors, never go to the dentist again. And uh, if you break your arm, please don't go to a doctor to have your your arm sprained, okay. We don't put our trust in doctors, but we know God uses physicians. Hezekiah had physicians and gave him medication to heal him. So let's just get that right. So when it comes to mental illness, You need to go to somebody 
that's very informed. Somebody that wants to help you find your path to healing and wholeness, not somebody that just quickly makes you dependent on something. It's like Arnold, where are you? Hop up here quickly. I know it's not comfortable, but people hopped here emotionally like you this morning. Hop, hop, hop. Arnold, hop, 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 hop. Give me a pastor. Come and give me a hand. Thank you. What's a cut Listen, the, he's in this because the doctors want to to do what? Get him well, get him walking again. So when people are in psychiatry, psychology, the, the, the issue is to help people get whole again. I come out of a family where, where, where my father struggled with depression and alcohol, listen to me. Top, 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 brilliant man. And then he was diagnosed with cancer when he was 25 years old, fought cancer for 30 years of his life before he eventually died. And I saw what depression does to a brilliant mind and how doctors just use that to give him more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Eventually, he was a shadow of who he was meant to be because we were living in a time where people did not have knowledge in God's Word, etc. So I know a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. I understand life. I'm not a preacher that doesn't understand life and pain and what people go through. I get it. And I'm not somebody that just says there's a miracle for everything. I, I, I pray to God there was a miracle for everything. But, but did you go for an operation or what did you do? What did you do with your foot? Oh, wait. While you were waiting on the Lord. Thank you. Bless you. Amen. You were waiting on the Lord. Was the weight too heavy for you to carry? Huh? That's why the Bible says, cast your weights on the Lord. Because <clears throat> if you don't, you're all going to be like that emotionally. Your faith is going to be like that. Because there's certain things you can't carry. There's certain things too heavy. There's certain things too tough. Come on, man. There are certain valleys too dark. There are certain, certain situations too impossible. I don't care how much is Shandai, Hyundai, Tai, my boat. I'm telling you the reality of life. There are certain things that are just emotionally too difficult but you but there is God who said he's not going to abandon you he's not going to forsake you he's going to restore you he's going to get you back on your feet again if you allow him to but I'm going to show you how if you are serious about your life you better sit up and pay attention as Elijah had to no matter where you are you may be on a mountain top you've never been in a valley and I don't mean to curse you I don't mean to say to you that you will go to a valley but if you don't go to a valley one of your children will go to a valley but somewhere a valley is going to touch you somewhere there will be challenges and storms that will touch you and then you cannot lose your sanity you have to lift your eyes to the heavens you have to keep your eyes on Jesus come on so you don't have to go through this whole journey that we're going to talk about this morning are you listening to me this morning Sometimes life is perfect until it's not perfect anymore. I mean, Elijah's life was perfect until he was deceived. Fear. The door that brings doubt and unbelief and, and discouragement and despair. That's why Paul says God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. 
We don't lose our minds no matter what. So of these greatest moment, he's lowest. He's under a juniper tree now, from the valley to the juniper tree, a place of extreme hopelessness and despair. If you've never been there, I pray you never get there. A place of silent resignation. You're there, but you're not. Your praise is a little bit softer. Your prayer is a little bit less. You've silently resigned on this Christian thing. You're regressing in your mind. Place of disillusionment. Place of discouragement. People find themselves there for various reasons. I said, from a booming business now to a struggling business. From having a job to being cut from your job. Whatever it is. It happens to people. It's called life. But thank God we're not hopeless in those times. Thank God He hasn't abandoned us as He didn't abandon Elijah, His prophet, in His lowest moment. 1 Kings 19. So He went and slept. Some people, you know people hide in many things. There are people that hide in uh, um, activity. People hide in sleeping. People hide, people with depression. People with mental, let's not call it disorders. I need to be careful. I don't mean to insult anybody, let me say. There's no difference between a person facing a mental illness and somebody facing a cancer. Do you understand? We, but we have to fight them. We have to deal with it. We have to do whatever we can. But if you, lo- if you become weak up here, you're not going to fight the financial battle. You're not going to fight the trial and the tribulation. That's why we need your mind anointed. We need you up here strong in the name of Jesus. Come on, man. Say amen. I know you don't feel like it, but let the weak say I am strong. Today God's going to lift you up. Today God's going to anoint your head with fresh oil there on television land. Today things are going to change. That weight is going to be broken off of you. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing in the name of Jesus. God has not abandoned you. So in His lowest moment, while He's asleep, an angel touches Him like I am touching you this morning and said to him, arise and eat. The last thing he wanted to hear, you gotta get up. You've gotta get back to church. You gotta praise God again. You're gonna get back to church. You're gonna have to go repair the altar. Listen. And as he looked there by his head, I know God's word is amazing. There's no word here that doesn't have meaning. By his head, because where is he discouraged? In his head, not at his feet. Right at his head. What is there? There's a cake baked on coals, on fire. Bread, the word of God, on fire. At his head. And a jar of water, which speaks of what? The refreshing presence of the Holy Ghost. God puts both of them right at the site of the problem. I understand it's a natural truth as well, but truth is parallel. There's a spiritual truth to this. God positions him in the right place because God knows the way to get his profit out of depression, out of anxiety, out of discouragement, out of his post-traumatic stress disorder. There's only one way. 
I have to get the Word of God back into his head. I have to get his mind anointed by the presence of the Holy Ghost. Yes, there are times you have to rest like Jesus rest. You have to relax. But I'll tell you, you can go to Hawaii or Mauritius and you can come back mentally fatigued again. But if you will give your attention to the Word of God, if you will allow the medicine of God's Word to enter your mind, the Word of God will go to the deep recesses of your mind and God will reconstruct, renovate, restore your mind and then God's gonna pour a refreshing presence of the Holy Ghost upon your mind and you are gonna wake up and rise up and you're gonna run for God again if you believe it jump to your feet and give him a praise come on in the name of Jesus oh give him a praise man hallelujah arise It says, arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. What journey? The journey going through this. I can't tell you I have a magic wand to wave and you're going to be okay. I can tell you you have to get back to Mount Horeb. You have to get back where you were. You have to arise and start. You have to move yourself. You have to get back even if you don't feel like it. Because, you know, uh, if you don't feel like eating and people say eat, you feel forced, right? You can't water to bring, you can't make drink. You don't feel like going to gym until you go to gym and then you feel, I feel good. Amen? Right? So, but when you're in a place, in a valley of discouragement, despair, deep darkness, disillusionment, you have inner conversations because you're in isolation. Sleeping in bed next to your husband, you have these inner conversations which is busy painting a picture in your mind about your future, which is influencing all the decisions you are making. The way you view God, life, and the future. All in your mind. So God comes to him in the valley and he moves him on and here he sits. Watch how amazing God is. He's, he's giving up. He's resigning. God's not coming to him and judging him, condemning him and saying, what the heck is up with you? How did you so quickly forget what I've done for you? No, God is patient. He loves on His prophet. Then I want to tell you this morning, God loves you. No matter how you got where you are, God's not here to judge you. He's not here to put you down. He's here to refresh you. He's here to remind you. He's here to rebuild you. Come on. He's here to activate your faith if you allow Him to in Jesus' name. God baked him a cake. Listen, this preacher baked a cake for you. It's not a cold snack. It was cooked on a hot fire of the Holy Ghost. You just have to eat it and it's going to change your thought pattern and get you back into the presence of God. And there's a jar of water, which is the presence of the Holy Ghost. Come on our worship team. We cannot sing half-hearted songs. We need to sing songs that are baked on the coals of the Holy Ghost. And then God says, go to Mount Horeb. And he goes to a cave. (laughs) Uh, That's why he said you need strength because it's not just snap your finger and people just snap out of it. Sometimes they do, seldom. That's why we're patient with people as, as God was with his servant. Because God needed him as God needs you. As God never abandoned him because God will never abandon you. He loves you too much. And even if you give up on yourself, God's not going to give up on you. God's going to bake another cake for you. Next Sunday, there'll be another cake. Tomorrow, if you open your Bible, there's another cake. 
If you go pray, there's another cake. There's always a fresh cake. There's always fresh manna from God. All you have to do is get yourself back and begin to eat the Word of God. Let the life, the source of life return. Come on, the Logos and the Rhema. Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus, the Word of God. You need to get yourself back in His presence so that He can bring peace that surpasses all understanding to your mind. He's the bread of life, right manna that came from heaven. This is what God's doing for His prophet. God's bringing him back to his senses. How? By the Word and by the presence of the Holy Ghost. And even after he has touched and he has two supernatural meals, been to two dream weeks, been to the revival, lay under the power of God, shaking and quaking, which is all true and real. You're still in a process. And that's why we have to continue the journey in the strength of the Lord till we reach Mount Horeb again. We can't stay halfway. We can't give up halfway. We can't become discouraged or comfortable in a cave because God has fed us. We have to continue and press on and hear the properties in a cave and God comes to Him. Why is my time so short here in Pretoria? I'll continue tonight and pray for people. I thought I'd have time today, but I don't. Um, and if you're hungry, you'll be. And if not, I don't mean it unkindly. I don't mean it unkindly. You can't help people that aren't hungry. It's like you miss your doctor's appointment and your life depends on it. And some of you don't even realize that your lives do depend on coming to church. You don't even realize it. But once you get stage two, three cancer, you're not going to miss your appointment. But what we deal with is what's going to help you overcome stage two and three. It's going to help you stay on your feet when tragedy happens, when you don't have the answers, when there's no explanation. People find themselves in a cave. Everybody, people do. The less time you spend there, the better. That's why God came to him in the cave within 24 hours. He left him there for 40 days. The cave one day. Because the cave of darkness, if you do not have a, a God intervention and you have a God encounter in your head, you finish your destiny. Hear me very carefully today. The cave is the ultimate place of isolation, despair, hopelessness of quitting. Finally, the juniper tree, you think about it. The cave, you quit. And then God comes. He says, hey, I have to wake him up. And God shakes the mountain. There's an earthquake. Why? Because God has to wake him up. Some of you have to be woken up. I wish God could shake this building without damaging anything. I wish God could just cause a tremble so that you suddenly wake up and, 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 and so you suddenly realize that God is alive, etc. So God shakes the mountain. There's an earthquake. But the Bible says the Lord is not in the earthquake. Then God sets a fire. That's so powerful, but God's not in the fire. Then God sends a wind that breaks rocks in pieces, but God is not in the wind. What is God doing? He's waking His prophet up. He's waking His prophet up. Listen, you have to be woken up in the name of Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Come on. Oh, give Him a praise that will shake somebody sitting next to you, Mr. Cynical. Give Him a praise on the balcony that will wake up the person that is just sitting here today. 
Cause somebody has to be woken up. I feel the Holy Ghost waking people up right now. Come on, somebody has to be woken up. Woken up, woken up, woken up, woken up. Woken up, God said to the prophet, arise, 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 arise. You have to arise from the dead, arise from your sleep, arise from your discouragement. I'm not saying tomorrow you're not going to feel discouraged anymore, but I can tell you, we are going to get you out of discouragement. If you eat, as you eat the bread of life, and as you are exposed to the presence of the Holy Ghost, as you go through this journey from Mount Carmel, you go down into the valley, you go sit under a juniper tree, and you go lie down in a cave, God is going to come to you. Not in an earthquake, yes, an earthquake to wake you up. But then God's going to come to you and you're going to hear His voice again. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shabbat. You're going to hear the voice of the Lord. And I'll tell you, when you hear the voice of the Lord, your sanity will return. Your wits will return. Your courage will return. You will pick up your mantle again that you have put down in the cave. You will pick up your destiny again. You will be courageous again because you've heard the still small voice of the Lord Jesus Himself. My sheep, John 10, 27 says, hear my voice and the voice of a stranger. They will not follow. You are not listening to the liar, to Jezebel, to the deceiver, to discourager, to the discourager, to the accuser, to the naysayer, to the destroyer. You will not listen to the voice of the hireling, but you will listen to the voice of the good shepherd that says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. I'm going to prepare a table for you again. You are going to feast again. You are going to live again. You are going to laugh again. Your dreams will still come to pass. Do not resign yourself. Get yourself back in the Word of God. Get yourself back in the house of God. Get yourself back in the presence of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it's a matter of time. You will rejoice because God will anoint your head with fresh oil. God will cause your cup to overflow and goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. No matter what valley you've been through, your future is bright. I declare it in the name of Jesus because God Himself will refresh you and will revive you. You may feel weary, but God will strengthen you. God will lift you up. But you got to get yourself... And for those of you that are on Mount Carmel, stay there, please. I don't know anybody that's ever just stayed on Mount Carmel. I don't. Huh? But when you get here, you have a story to tell. And you tell it differently. Because you understand what people are going through you don't just say well get over it believe you understand when that person loses a child the pain in the valley the questions under the broom tree the times that person goes to a cave and the only way for that person to remain sane is to get back into the presence of God that, listen, I have to say this, I have to go, Johannesburg's waiting, but listen. Um, people think the church is an institution built by man. No. It's called the dwelling place of God in the earth. If you have no respect for the church, you will not respect what God's trying to do in your life. Listen, please hear me. 
The altar God is building in the earth is His church. Satan has tried to break the altar. We have to repair it. And all you have to do is come. Whether your in-laws visit, your outlaws visit, whoever visits, bring them with you to church. Bring them with you to church. Eat the bread of life, week in, week out, week in, week out. Don't fall into the pattern of many that come to church every second week or this week the husband comes, the next week the wife comes and the children stay at home because it's too much of a hassle to dress them. Why would you do that? Those little ones need the presence of God. Do you understand that those three years olds, four year olds, five year olds, six, seven, eight, nine year olds struggle with depression? They face messages that you and I never did at school that challenges their identity, their value, their worth. And you don't understand the importance to dress them up, to get into the presence of God. It may be 30 seconds, 30 minutes in the presence of God that will shape that child's thought patterns. You need to rebuild the altar in your life, family. You need to rebuild the altar in your life. Rebuild the altar in your life. Get yourself back in the presence of God. Sunday should not be an option. It should be. Come Sunday, you get yourself in the house of God. And the lower you are, the more you need to be there. Carmel Horeb. The two places God showed Himself and the two places God spoke. There, God's presence. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are there. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. God was there every step of the way with His prophet. God's with you. He loves you. But you know that prophet had to eat the cake, right? God didn't force feed him. The prophet had to drink the water, right? There's your answer. The Word, the Holy Ghost. In it due to the fact that pastor asked you to maybe read it. But today you want to make that decision that He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. Maybe you are somewhere between Mount Carmel, that you used to serve God. But due to things that has happened during COVID, wherever you have find yourself, you may be at the cave, maybe under the tree. But God is saying to you this morning that He loves you. And He loves you more than you can ever imagine. And He's calling you. He is sending the word this morning as our pastor spoke, that maybe He is that angel that brought the word to you. But you still need to receive Him. You still need to come back to Him. He's standing with open arms this morning and He's waiting. There's nothing that you've done yesterday that have pushed you so far away that you cannot come back to Him. As every head is bowed and every eye closed and believers praying, maybe you're standing here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour. I'm not asking you, do you have a church membership somewhere? But I'm asking you, do you walk in a loving relationship this morning? If you are not, then quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hand and say, God, I want you to be my shepherd. I want you to lead me through the shadow, the valley. I want you to help me. Maybe you used to serve Him, but you're listening to the voice this morning as our pastor spoke. And you need to respond that the cake is there, that the water is there. 
If that is you and you used to serve God, but you drifted away, or you're not even sure if heaven is your home, then now put up your hand and say, God, I'm coming back. Thank you for all the hands here on the flank. Thank you for those on the balcony at the top. God bless you, bless you. Thank you for hands that's being lifted all over. Come on, if that is you, just lift it up. We have no promise of tomorrow. We can leave this building and not have this chance again. Now is the day of salvation. If you lifted your hand, you can put it down for us. If you have not lifted it, lift it now in Jesus' name. Thank you for all the hands that are lifted. Come on, if that is you, you still need to respond. Come on, slip it up now. Say, Jesus, I'm coming back. Amen, family. We want to say to every single one of you that are standing in the front, God loves you. Come on, we do not know the journey where you are finding yourself. It's for the first time coming back. Or maybe you had a relationship, but you drifted away. But we want to say to you, God loves you. This whole message that Pastor spoke about this morning is so profound. It is one of the most amazing messages that you can take because it will sustain you in this journey as we continue because there will be highs and there will be lows. But it's when we put ourselves in this church, when we're part of a family, when we're part of a home cell, there are people that can stand with you. There's people that can pray with you. There's someone that can take you by the hand. That's why the Word says that two is better than one because if the one falls, the other one can pick him up. If the one gets attacked, the other one can help him. And you're going to be part of that family today. That as you surrender your life to Christ, all these people in this building and all the millions that are around the world are becoming your family. And we as a church, we love you. We want to help you and we want to walk with you. So please be so kind just to close your eyes in the front. Put your hand on your heart and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's between you and God. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. Lord, and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for all my sins and that you rose again, that you live forevermore. I thank you, Father, that from today, I'm a brand new person. The oldest past and the new has come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, family. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.